The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's uh, nine minutes after eight here on AM Live, and it's time for the Forum at Eight. And as you know by now, on Fridays, we now just, you know, try to take it easy, try to unwind, uh, get into the weekend spirit. And uh, if it's not a topic that is on everybody's lips, it is a guest, and it doesn't get much better than what we have today. It doesn't get any better. On the Forum at Eight this morning, we host a close friend of the late former. Former President uh, Tata Nelson Mandela. He's a man um, who ANC struggle veteran Walter Sisulu called a tower of strength and a source of inspiration. He's not only a struggle veteran, he's also a father, he's a friend, he's an uncle. Ahmed Kathrada, or Uncle Kathy, as he is affectionately known, um, spent 26 years in uh, Paulsmoor Prison and Robben Island all for the cause of democracy that we enjoy today. And Ntate Ahmed Katrada joins me now here in our Joburg studios for this uh, Friday conversation. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you very much for having us and thank you to the listeners. Now, I I must say it's not often uh, that, you know, I actually become a bit uh, starstruck, but every time I see you and, uh, you know, it just, uh, I'm overwhelmed and I've been particularly blessed this week because I also saw earlier in the week Ntate Andrew Mlangeni and uh, I've been saying for a long time we need to get the stalwarts onto radio, so we're absolutely, absolutely grateful this morning. Now, um, Uncle Kathy, maybe we should start by just looking at your background, your life, because we know of you as the struggle veteran. We know of your work in terms of the liberation struggle for these uh, liberties that we enjoy in a free South Africa today. But where were you actually born? Where did you <coughs> grow up? Um, where did you study your parents? Tell us more about that. Now, I was born in a little rural town called Swazaranika. Uh, the Indian community was small, so there was no school. But uh, the principal of the African school, Mr. Mchali, used to come home uh, to teach me the ABCs. Because there was no Indian school in, in Swaziland, at the age of eight, I was sent to Johannesburg to school, which is about over 200 miles away. So the rest of my life I spent in Johannesburg. <coughs> the family is still there. In Swaziland. Yeah. And then your parents, Uncle Kathy, I mean, who were they? What did they do? No, <coughs> my parents uh, ran a little shop. And uh, that continued with my brothers and nephews and nieces. Yeah. So, so they still continue that. And when you came to Johannesburg, um, obviously you came uh, for schooling to get an education. Uh, who did you live with? And I guess um, I, I really want to know how did you ultimately end up in politics, finding yourself where you did? No, I lived with an aunt. Uh, but in Fortsburg, where I stayed, there was a youth club. And as young people, we like films and lectures and picnics and so forth. But this youth club was run by the Young Communist League. Uh, and this club was in Fordsburg where I stayed. So through the joining the club, I joined the Young Communist League 
at the age of about 12. And then, of course, it went on and on. At the age of 12? At the Young Communist Well, it was yes. the Young Communist League, so there were a lot of people of my age. The late uh, Dumon Nokwe was a member of the Young Communist League. But they all of you know, more or less the same age group. And, and, and what were you doing there at the age of 12? You know, uh, uh, what sort of programs were they running at uh, that club at the time? Well, it was lectures, it was debates, uh, it was films and so forth. Uh, not very serious politics, but it was a political organization. And that's where you get your political education systematically. And, and, and how did it progress from there on in? From there to the Communist Party and from there to the Indian, Indian Youth Congress and the Indian Congress and carried on and on. Who would you say was your greatest influence politically <coughs> um, as you were growing up? Uh, a man called Dr. Dadu. <coughs> Sorry. The, uh, there were very few doctors who were not white. And any doctor, African, Indian, that comes, and we were all educated abroad because they couldn't become doctors in South Africa. So immediately they become people that one looks up to because there were too few. And when Dr. Dadu, of course, he, he came here and started politics, and one follows it as a youngster. Uh, and then, of course, he became my hero. But in 1946, I, w I was uh, friendly with uh, two students, university students, Ishmael Mir and J.N. Singh. They were law students here. Ishmael Mir is the husband of Professor Fatima Mir. And through them, I met Madiba because he was a law student with them at Wits University. So I met him for the first time in 1946. And um, then I, I remember a story, I think, um, that was covered in Drum Magazine um, of a, a, a raid that took place at the place where you were staying. What happened there? Well, there were raids all the time. <laughs> I can't remember a single one. The, 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 uh, you were arrested, apparently, or you, you escaped during this one. But um, it was one uh, that uh, Drum Magazine, I think, um, uh, who was the photographer, they actually covered this particular story. And that was, I remember, the first time that um, you know I actually started following who you were and what you did. But you say there were raids all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so you were known as, uh, you know, a political activist at the time by the police. And who are you living with? And, and, and uh, were they comfortable living with you, knowing that you were attracting all of this trouble? Fortunately for me, whilst I was still at high school, uh, together with a, a school friend of mine, we acquired a flat. And later on, I'm, I moved into this flat in in Market Street, Colbert House. Uh, and there I stayed from 1947 till I went underground in 63 and arrested. So for all those years I stayed in this flat in Market Street. But that is a flat which was frequented by Madiba, 
because his friend was this Ismail Mir, and they were law students together. So he used to come there often, and that's where I first met him in this flat. So he used to come there often. Was he hiding out there at any point? No. Once we had to hide, we had to run away from the flat. And then, of course, that came much later uh, when I had to be disguised and uh, 30 years of my life I was an Indian and then I was disguised as a Portuguese. So <laughs> to carry on with my political work, I had to live in a white area, disguised, and uh, but that did not last long uh, before we were arrested. And at this time, when uh, you and uh, Madiba and others were obviously, you know, carrying out uh, these covert operations, what exactly were you busy with at the time? Well, there were various things. You know, there were three major court cases in which three of us were, were, were in all three. Madiba, Walter Sassoulo and myself. The first one was the defiance campaign of 1952 that was launched by the African National Congress and the Indian Congress. Uh, six apartheid laws were identified and volunteers were called upon to defy those laws and go to jail. So 9,000 volunteers went to prison in the defiance campaign. Madiba was uh, the volunteer-in-chief and 20 of us were then arrested for organizing the campaign, including Madiba, Walter Sassoulo, Moses Katani, Dr. Morocco, others. And we were sentenced to nine months imprisonment, all suspended. That was in 1952. Then came the very big trial called the treason trial. Mm -hmm. At the end of 1956, 156 were arrested from throughout the country brought to Johannesburg and that trial will fast forward to the Supreme Court where out of the 156, 30 of us uh, were brought on trial before three judges. So that went on from uh, beginning of 57 until 1961, that trial. And there they had to prove violence and communism. So if I can just mention two things about that trial, they had to prove violence. So they brought a man called Solomon Mohomotsi. He claimed to be, a, had been a secretary of the ANC in the Eastern Cape and all that. And all of us were taken by surprise because we didn't know the man. And he claimed that on a certain night, he was given instructions by Dr. Litelli and Walter Sasulu to go and cause a riot. He says he did that, and people were killed. We were all surprised at what he was saying. Then when our advocate cross-examined him, he said, on such and such a night, when you created this riot, we've got evidence that you were in jail. So how did you create this riot when you were in jail? You know, things like that. Then to prove communism, they brought a professor from the University of Cape Town. 
and he was given documents that were taken from us. And every document that was given to him, he said, this is communism, this is communism. Then they came to a document. Uh, what is this? He read it, and he says, this is communism. Do you know who wrote it? No, you wrote it. That very chap who was uh, giving evidence. And he called it communism, but he was, in, he was the author of mm -hmm. that. So what I'm coming to is that after having been arrested at, at the end of 56 until 61, that case carried on, and we were all acquitted after all those years. So in the last 30, Walter Sasulu, Madiba, and I were together among the last 30. And, um, you know, can't imagine having uh, then gone through all of this uh, turmoil, all of this strife as a very young man and uh, spending so much time in prison. Uh, just fast forwarding to today, are you bitter that, you know, so much of your life, you know, was taken away from you? Not, no, there's no, <coughs> sorry, there's no room for bitterness because we went into this with eyes open. We knew the consequences. In fact, we are fortunate that we survived. A lot of our colleagues did not survive. They were tortured to death or died natural. Some were hanged. We survived. So there's no room for bitterness. It was all part of the struggle. Mm. And then I guess one of the questions, Uncle Kathy, looking at our contemporary political situation and, uh, uh, you know, the great sacrifices that people make, uh, do you think that South Africa owes you uh, uh, some sort of debt for having made those sacrifices? No, <coughs> I don't think so. Uh, <coughs> as I said, we went to prison, but many of our colleagues did not live to see. Some were hanged, some were tortured to death. We survived. And they were the main cadres of the movement uh, who, were, who did not live to see freedom. We at least survived and saw freedom. Speaking to uh, Ahmed Katrada, Uncle Kathy, this morning, and uh, we're just getting to know Uncle Kathy better, and uh, obviously you can be part of this conversation. 891 is the number to dial. You can tweet us at uh, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo, or send us an SMS to 34701. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
we're in conversation uh, with uh, Uncle Ahmed Katrada, Uncle Kathy this morning, and um, Whitney Houston. Now, I was so surprised to hear that your favorite artist is Whitney Houston. How did this happen? <coughs> Sorry, when we were, five of us were transferred to Posno Prison after 18 years on Roman Island. And because there were only five political prisoners, things were very relaxed. So there, it's all more or less coincided with television also for the first time that we got. And uh, we listened to witnesses Houston and liked her uh, very much. Now, at that time, Walter Sasulu and I were together in one cell, and Andrew Mlangeni and Raymond McLeod were in the other next to us. But uh, we had television also and radio. And that is where we really came across Whitney Houston. But uh, at Polno Prison, we also became friends with a warder. He's still around, a chap called Christo Brandt. He's still my friend. And uh, he used to now smuggle in uh, tapes for us, uh, Whitney Houston tapes and so forth, and other things. He's, He's still around, mm-hmm. but at Posmo Prison, his wife started baking a Christmas cake for me. She still does it, but now I get it twice, once for my birthday and once for Christmas. Oh, lucky you! <laughs> so that was friend, a friend who became—I mean, a warder who became a friend—and and his wife. We are now family friends. If they visit us, we visit them. And he's still working on Robin Island, this ex Walmart. And which is your favorite Whitney Houston song? Uh, immediately what comes to mind is, uh, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> and did you actually dance to it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody danced? That escaped me. <laughs> Don't think escaped me. <laughs> I watched. I watched it and enjoyed it, but never never uh, volunteered to dance uh, did any of you claim Whitney Houston as you know you know I'm the number one supporter and the rest of you yes, are to support cars I wrote a letter to her via friend in London and the letter reached her and she responded well in the letter I said that Walter Sasulu and I are great admirers of Whitney Houston now that letter reached her so instead of Responding to me, she sent a f- frame of hers with a photograph to Walter Sulu, <laughs> not to me. <laughs> so I used to tease the old man, you see, <laughs> because he was a father to me. I could tease him that uh, here he took away somebody who was my, my favorite, <laughs> and that had a frame to Walter Sulu from Whitney Houston. <laughs> You see, it will teach you. You wanted to write to her there. You include Walter Zisulu's name. Listen to everybody else. You know, if you are trying to impress somebody, don't add another person's name. Do your own work. <laughs> so we'll continue this conversation with uh, Ahmed Katrada, Uncle Kathy, after this news break. But right now it's 8.30 and time for news headlines with Vibakshni Chetty. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 
Thank you so much, uh, Rowena. And getting back uh, to the matter at hand right now, our conversation with uh, Uncle Ahmed Kathrada. I mean, I can go on for days trying to describe the man and what he has done, what it is uh, that we are celebrating him for. Um, but I'm going to leave that to you because I see there are so many uh, emails, uh, tweets coming through of people just, you know, extolling the virtues of uh, Mr. Kathrada. So I'll leave that to our listeners. I'll read some of the messages and we'll also take calls on 0891-104-208. But just before we go to that, there's a story that you told that I think you have to tell to the listeners. Now, when you went to prison, the um, situation was very different to when you returned, given how long you were there. But you told us a story about when you first came out and had to drive a car. What happened there? No, you know, everything had changed. Uh, we didn't know what a fax was. We didn't know what a computer was. We didn't know the job of roads. Uh, we only knew one road. And uh, I was sitting in a car with the window open, and it started raining. So I started looking for a handle to close the window. I didn't know this thing of a button, so I got wet. <laughs> but there can be so many such stories where we came out into a world of technology which we had bypassed uh, in prison. So, of course, so many of those, but I know you want to have your moment with Uncle Kathy. So uh, let's go to the lines. And let me speak to um, Ismail Vadi first, who is, of course, uh, the MEC for Transport, but he's also a good friend uh, to Uncle Kathy. Uh, Mr. Vadi, thanks for calling in this morning. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. So, um, as a friend uh, to this great man sitting across from me, uh, what are your impressions of him as a person? Look, it's an, it's an absolute privilege to be associated and to be a friend of uh, Kathy. Uh, he's, he's a father, he's an elder statesman for us, he's a leader that we look up to. And in terms of what, 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 what inspires us is really his absolute humility, there is no doubt that he is a, national, uh, a leader of national standing, but we can't see it when you interact with him. He's down to earth. He's simple. He's ex- absolutely humble. Oh, absolutely. And uh, do you think that, you know, we have learned, ah, there we lost Ismail Vadi, so I'll hold that question and then perhaps I'll put it to Uncle Kathy just a little later on. But uh, let's speak to Solly in Cape Town. Good morning. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Uncle Kathy and Sakina. Sakina. Salam. How are you, my brother? Alhamdulillah, and you, sorry boy. Very well, man. So, Sakina, you don't realize what an icon you have there today. I know you're getting the jitters, but this is a man of the world. Can you imagine coming through all this, like Walter and all of them, how forgiving and how good they've been? Can you imagine if they were our leaders today? Can you imagine we built a little in Kandla for him in Schweitzer Reinecker, you know? Uncle Kathy, you are the real icon of our country. We're proud of you. We love you. And we are so really, really, really enthralled that you are what you are. But now we need you to really come out and do the real leadership that we need today. Sakina, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Soli calling us from Cape Town. Here's a quick question before I go back to the lines. Um, and it comes from Mvuzo, Mvuzo Mbelekane. He says, I would like to know from Uncle Kathy if Madiba, uh, a.k.a. Joseph Mutsamai, ever used his gun. He, uh, he practiced. When uh, he was hiding at Lily's Reef, 
he, he used to practice with a gun, but uh, not with the with the gun that he had. It was with the air gun he was practicing, but he never had an opportunity to use the gun that was in the car when he was arrested. All right, so there's your answer, Mvuzo. And uh, we go back to the lines. Uh, Paki in Cape Town, good morning. <laughs> Sakina, good morning. Um, Sakina, the gentleman who just called, uh, we seem to be calling verily from Cape Town, but I want to recall his words. You just don't realize the hero that you have in that in the studio this morning, Sakina. You know, I I am so humbled um, to um, to be listening to this show this morning, Sakina, and to 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 listen to how our our elders actually taking the opportunity to tell us to share what they actually used to do in the past. But then again, Sakina, I am also. <laughs> laughing when he was actually telling us that they didn't even know what the computer <laughs> <laughs> you, wait, what the hold computer on. was. On Last that score, Paki, hold yeah, on. I want him to tell you about when he got... Uh, when he received the news that they were going to be released and what happened there. It's on that score. Just hold on, Paki. Uh, uh, that story, <clears throat> Uncle Kathy? By that time, we were at uh, Johannesburg Prison. We had been transferred to Johannesburg Prison. And uh, on the Saturday night, the head of the prison came to us and said, we had just received a fax from prison headquarters that you're going to be released tomorrow. So instead of the jubilation and all that, we asked, what is a fax? (laughs) (laughs) Because by that... There's still a lot of callers waiting to talk to you, so with due respect. Sakina, Sakina, just, just last two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also so humbled to learn this morning that Uncle Casey is also um, a fan for the late Whitney Houston Elizabeth. Thank you very much. Indeed, indeed, we gave you just one moment to become that one particular as a political figure in South Africa. Be blessed, Uncle Kathy. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you so much. And uh, Wandy James says uh, he sees your moves, Uncle Kathy. He says he sees you wanted to oust Bobby Brown there as uh, Whitney Houston's husband. Uh, but anyway, um, Walter Sisulu got in the way. <laughs> Let's go to <laughs> Dawood in Middleburg. Good morning, Dawood. Hello. Assalamualaikum, uh, Uncle Kathy. Uh, it's Dawood here. How are you, uh, Uncle Kathy? Alhamdulillah, and you? Uncle Kathy, tell me, man, can you recollect, uh, recollect uh, the late Solly Juma of Middleburg? Now you brought something that is very hurtful. He was a, a great friend, a comrade, but a brother. But no, he, he was, he was well, murdered he, by the police. That's right, yeah, in Johannesburg. Yes, I, I, I saw him. I saw his body. It was unrecognizable. That's right. Because yeah. after Fusser killed him, he booted him, his face. That's right, yeah. So when I went to his funeral, I couldn't recognize his face. That's right. It was completely yeah. disfigured. No, he was a great friend of mine. Was right. it someone that was related to you, Darwin? Yes, my uncle, man. Mm. And, 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 and and perhaps, uh, you know, um, you and Uncle Kathy could maybe get in touch uh, for you to gain greater clarity because, you know, these are the things that really tear one up um, when you hear these stories. It, 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 it just takes you to a very dark place. And I can, um, you know, Uncle Kathy 
very, very touched by this particular incident and what it is reminding him of at the moment. And I think very often we underestimate what people went through to liberate this country. Um, I would appreciate it greatly if I could uh, you know, leave the number uh, at the end of the program. Please do. I'm going to give you a number to Zora. You know, I'm sitting here and right now I have chills. I don't know what to do because there's this great man, this hero of our country sitting across from me in tears. And I can't help but cry myself. But uh, we will try to continue and compose ourselves. Um, yeah, uh, 891 is the number to dial. And let's speak to Dennis Bloom in Kronstadt. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning, Comrade Chetty. Morning, Dennis. Uh, Comrade Chetty, the reason why I'm calling, I just want to say thank you very much for everything that you have done for this country. I will always respect you. I know what you went through with the other leaders. You will always remain my leader. Thank you very much, Comrade Katie, for everything. Thank you for your kind words, Dennis. Thank you so much, uh, Dennis Bloom. You know, Uncle Kathy, um, I'm looking at you now, and I have to wonder, you know, after um, you were freed, after liberation, did you actually go to... Go for counseling. Did you go into therapy to actually help you deal with everything you went through? No, I didn't find it necessary. And even if I wanted to, there was for the first month or so there was no chance. It was daily press conferences and interviews and meetings, and so there was no chance to go away for a holiday or anything. And, 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 and do you feel, you know, just having to deal with and, and, and live with everything that you have seen and, and things that you have been through as uh, the incident that, you know, you, uh, was just related, uh, do you feel that you are coping sufficiently at this time? Well, um, we, we, we try to cope, but uh, we can never forget people who did not live to see democracy. We think of Chris Hani who I knew personally. But more than that, I think of a man called Vuisele Mini, who was a co-accused of mine in the treason trial. He was, Vuisele was asked to give evidence against Wilton and Kwai. And they told him, if you don't give evidence, you're going to hang. He didn't give evidence, and he was hanged. Now those are friends whom I knew for many, many years. And it, it's very hurtful to be thinking of them again. At the sacrifices that they made, we are just lucky that we are still alive and we still survived all that. Ahmed Kathrada, Uncle Kathy, our guest uh, here on the forum at 8 this morning. And um, we're going to take a spot break. And when we come back, we will continue this conversation. Uncle Kathy says that to him, you know, Madiba... Um, they were not his friends. Um, Uncle Kathy, maybe you can explain to us what, what you mean by that. Well, I cannot. It would be arrogant of me and conflicting with custom to call them my friends. Madiba was 11 years my senior. I can't call him my friend. He was my elder brother. 
Walter Sassuolo was 18 years my senior. He's my father. I could never call him my friend. That's how we grew up. Mm. And, uh, of course, we continue taking your calls. And, uh, yes, um, I see many of you uh, also in tears. It's that type of day, and I think it's the reality of it. And I think um, this one actually maybe stands out for me, this tweet here from Lungelo Zulu, who says, Umalume got me deep in thought. We really take our democracy for granted as this generation. And maybe we have already forgotten that this democracy was paid for in blood and sometimes people's lives. Ahmed Katrada, our guest this morning. Let's go back to the lines. Um, Yunus Njoba, good morning. Yeah, uh, hi, Sakina. Sakina, the question I want to ask Uncle Cathy is, what makes him tick? Because is it a case of once an activist, always an activist? At this ripe old age, he has, him and his foundation, the Ahmad Katrada Foundation, have taken on the cudgels to free Marwan Barghouti and all other Palestinian prisoners. Now, this is a very noble gesture on his part. And, uh, you know, that's the question I want to ask him. And lastly, the letter he wrote to Whitney Houston, uh, maybe Uncle Cathy could answer it. Maybe wasn't she confused? Maybe he wanted. They didn't write there that I want to toy toy with somebody. <laughs> 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 okay, Eunice, uh, thank you. Um, uh, let's also hear from Philip Dexter calling uh, from Parliament. Morning, Philip. Uh, hi, Sakina. I'm not calling from Parliament. I'm actually uh, in my sorry car. from Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just wanted to say to Uncle Cathy. I mean, it's been amazing listening to this interview. Um, what, you know, one is struck by is the humility of this great man, you know, um, who's made such an enormous contribution. It's a real inspiration. Uh, and I really think that, you know, younger people um, should hear the story and benefit. I'm fortunate enough to be working on a project with some other former activists about the history of the struggle. Um, and, you know, we'll be hopefully be interviewing Uncle Cathy one day. But secondly, um, I just wanted to also say that uh, <clears throat> one of the proudest days of my life was um, when we were in Parliament, in the 94 Parliament, um, and both Cathy and I were late for the ceremony to receive our MK medals. So I had the great fortune of being in the President's office and finding myself standing next to Uncle Cathy to receive my, my medal. Of course, uh, it was for a much shorter service period than his, but I always treasure it. And thanks once again, Uncle Kathy. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Dennis, uh, for sharing that with us. Let's go to um, Kifilwe in Soweto. Good morning, Kifilwe. Hi, Rowan. How are you? I'm no, good. No, no. Sakina. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Good morning, Kifilwe. Yes. Now, you're actually having a whale of a time. When you had Babsim Langeni, we thought, you know what? You rock, well, SAFM rocks. Now today you rock even worse. You know, it's just me. Can you imagine? I'm at Katrata with Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one he's never going to live down. When people see him, they're going to think Whitney Houston. Yeah, but also, I mean, on a very serious note, is that uh, the one Minister of Education, I can't remember his name, he was his friend anyway, the state of education in our country, you know, it, it's very worrying. Uh, the state of things generally in the country are, are very worrying. Now, 
for them, well, I, I call the other people the old guard. I think they are now the old guard. Can't they say, look, things can't go on the way they are going on. I mean, I'll just give you an example. A community in Kuruman, one the, what I call is Kondis. Children don't go to school. The parents become irresponsible. But for heaven's sake, why couldn't government just build a school deal for the children to go to school? Okay. Got the you then. The area is lost. And, and that's it. I mean, what do we think of that? I mean, how can we build? That's a simple thing. I won't call it a tad road. I just call it a school deal. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Um, and, 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 and of course, uh, Kifilwe, I'm not brushing you off, but, you know, I, I think that's a conversation that we want to have at a different time um, with uh, leadership, you know, with Uncle Kathy and other um, uh, leaders of the African National Congress who have been around for a long, long time uh, because we are just about running out of time. So if we don't get to that, uh, please note that we have noted it. Eddie Woodendahl's wrist. Hi, so again, how are you? Well, and you, Eddie? Thanks for inviting our, our icon. I just want to say to Comrade uh, Katarada to say, those who saw in tears shall reap with joy. You are a veteran. You are an icon. You are a hero. I remember in 1986, when I was still at high school, PLO, secondary school, we used to sing this song, I hope I'll do it better than Whitney Winston. Ahmed Kasrada, Ahmed Kasrada, Aunaya Tonaliena. Shim, comrade Kasrada, to those who spoil your efforts, stay blessed, my comrade. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eddie. I didn't want to spoil your song. I wanted to join in, but I was just going to mess it up. But uh, Uncle Kathy, I want to read some of the uh, SMSs that have come through. Helen J says, capturing our struggle history through oral interviews is good, but are they written in any form as well? What about a movie? It must be soon. The elders are aging and they are dying. Make our ANC struggle history compulsory, please. And and, and just on that score, uh, speaking of um, movies, uh, the Long Walk to Freedom movie uh, you were portrayed there. What did you think of uh, your portrayal in that movie? Well, it was very brief. I thought uh, uh, Riyadh did quite well. He studied me. He came specially with me to Robben <laughs> Island. I think he did a good job. Okay. And, and, and uh, with regard to books, are you writing any books at the moment, um, you know, are there any efforts that you are aware of? I think Philip Dexter mentioned something. But, you know, I think uh, this is one of those questions where people are always saying we this history needs to be captured. No, I have written several books. But what I'm going to be busy with very much is my biography called Memoirs. I'm hoping to add two chapters to it to bring it up to date. Uncle Kathy... What would you like, how would you like to be remembered by South Africans? Just as uh, someone who has uh, uh, lived and tried to make a contribution. Uh, That's all I can say, we tried. And uh, you did more than try. And I think um, from me, all I can say is a great big thank you to you um, for the sacrifices that you have made 
along with uh, your other comrades and also for blessing us this morning um, with your presence. And um, the least we can do is to play out this morning with your favorite song by your favorite artist. Thank you.